Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Mesdames et Messieurs, merci d'avoir patienté et bienvenue à la conférence téléphonique des résultats du deuxième trimestre 2021 de 5N+. Présentement, les lignes des participants sont en mode d'écoute seulement. Après la présentation, il y aura une période de questions et réponses. Pour poser une question, appuyez sur l'étoile et le 1 de votre clavier téléphonique. Et si vous avez besoin d'assistance, veuillez appuyer sur l'étoile 0. Je vais maintenant céder la parole à Richard Perron, chef de la direction financière. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for standing by, and welcome to the 5N Plus Inc. Second Quarter 2021 Results Conference Call. At this time, note that all participants are in a listen-only mode. After the speaker's presentation, there will be a question and answer session. To ask a question during this session, you will need to press star 1 on your telephone keypad. And if you require operator assistance, please press star 0. And I would like to turn the conference over to your speaker today, Richard Perron, Chief Financial Plan Officer. Please go ahead, sir. Bonjour à toutes et à tous. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining our second quarter ended June 30th, 2021 Financial Results Conference Call. We'll begin with an overview of our business performance, the review of our financial results, and the highlight of key strategic teams, after which we'll begin the question period. Joining me this morning is Arjan Roshan, our President and Chief Executive Officer. We issued yesterday our financial statements and we have posted a short presentation on the investor section of our website. I would like to draw your attention to slide two of the presentation. Information in this presentation and remarks made by the speakers today will contain statements about expected future events and financial results that are forward-looking and therefore subject to risk and uncertainties. A description of the risk factors that may affect future results is contained in our management's discussion analysis available on our website in our public filings. The company is not aware of any significant changes to its risk factors previously disclosed. However, since January 2020, the outbreak of the coronavirus COVID-19 and its declaration as a pandemic is still ongoing today, resulting in governments worldwide enacting emergency measures to combat the spread of the virus. These measures have caused material disruption to businesses globally, resulting in economic slowdown. The outbreak of the COVID-19 should be considered a risk factor still ongoing today. In the analysis of our quarterly results, you will note that we use and discuss certain non-IFRS measures, which definitions may differ from those used by other companies. For further information, please refer to our management discussion analysis. I would like now to turn the conference to Arjan for the discussion on the business performance and quarter results. AJ. Thank you, Richard. Bonjour, madame and monsieur. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This morning, I will start with the analysis of the company's performance during the quarter, Richard will follow with financial analysis. Before taking your questions, I will come back and highlight some of the items in focus. Looking at our company's performance during Q2, three items stand out. Uh, number one, five and plus revenue during the quarter grew by 16% as compared to the same period last year. Number two, despite recovery challenges from the global pandemic, eco-friendly materials delivered 
outstanding performance supported by recent investments in process technology and asset optimization. Electronic materials performance was in line with expectations as communicated in the last quarterly call. Number three, the uh, customary closing conditions, including foreign regulatory approvals associated with the announced acquisition of Azure Space, continues to move forward at measure pace with positive progress. Now let's uh, talk about each of these three items. In recent years, we've been focusing on value extraction from existing revenues by maximizing margins across existing businesses. At the same time, we've been positioning and investing uh, in future growth by, uh, by essentially organic means, uh, and these are centered around advanced material technology. During this period, we've been consistent in stating that the reduction in the total revenue is to be expected and is not of concern because nearly all of the reduction in the attributed, is attributed to the commodity component of the overall revenue, namely metals, which historically have not provided an appropriate risk to reward ratio for five and plus. Conversely, we've grown the value-added portion of the revenue, which has resulted in notable improvements to the adjusted EBITDA margin over this period. Obviously, the proof is in the pudding. When we look at average adjusted EBITDA margin from 2012 to 2016, we see that this number stands at about 6.1 percent. From 2017 to 2020, uh, this is the period where we de-emphasize metal sales and focus on value-added revenue. The same margin uh, surges more than double to about 14 <clears> percent. <throat> Clearly, this approach has been very effective. However, in and of itself, it is reaching a point of diminishing returns. We've begun to now emphasize total revenue growth. This is going to be an important KPI for us. Given the fact that 5M Plus has secured approximately 45% of its current addressable market, uh, significant future revenue growth will require material expansion of the company's total addressable market. We believe this will be achieved by a combination of organic growth and M&A activities. The acquisition of Azure Space is obviously an example of the latter. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> During the quarter, each of the three market sectors within uh, segment eco-friendly materials experienced revenue growth ranging from high single-digit to mid double-digit percentages, with eco-friendly materials as a whole registering 32% revenue growth as compared to the same period last year. Clearly, the recovery from the pandemic has been a positive factor for eco-friendly materials, albeit with numerous challenges around logistics and consumables. This said, the company's investments in process technology and asset optimization initiated in 2019 and recently completed allowed 5M Plus to increase efficiency of its operating assets, reduce consumable consumption, and improve labor productivity across the segment. With the cost of consumables and wages on the rise, also with increased demand for the company's products, these investments could not have been timelier. 
The culmination of the growth in demand and improved operating leverage culminated in an outstanding performance across eco-friendly materials. Electronic materials performed in line with expectations communicated in the last conference call. Revenue contribution from this segment was 2% lower than the same period last year. In 2020, the company's new generation of medical imaging semiconductor detector products were used to build up a fleet of medical imaging devices, which is undergoing regulatory and customer qualifications. During this phase of market development, the company expects lower demand from this activity. 5M Plus also expected lower contributions <clears throat> from renewable energy for the quarter, given the fact that the long-term contracts negotiated in 2020 provide asymmetrical revenue contribution favoring the latter part of the contracts. During the quarter, 5M Plus announced an investment of $8.5 million in Montreal campus, in its Montreal campus to support demand for 2.6 semiconductor materials. The investment will deploy new process technologies and optimize supply chain to lower unit cost of production reduce carbon footprint, and improve access to essential materials. Given the importance of the semiconductor materials to, uh, to the development of critical industries such as renewable energy, electric, uh, electric mobility, and so forth, approximately a third of the investment has received funding from governmental agencies. The announced acquisition of Azure continues to move forward with positive progress. Our understanding is that the process associated with the transaction of this nature has been recently amended by the European regulatory bodies. We're told that our file is among the first files undergoing this new process, and the measured rate of progress is to be expected. 5M Plus is working closely with the related agencies and third parties to support the process. Based, based on the company's best visibility, this file is in the last stages of the approval process. Uh, the conclusion of this work is anticipated by late Q3 or early Q4. I will now turn the call over to Richard for financial review. And before taking your questions, we'll return to add additional color. Richard? Yeah, good morning, everyone. So as mentioned by AG, the uh, second quarter is characterized by a repeated solid performance for eco-friendly materials reaping the benefits of prior year initiatives and solid demands for its products. In terms of overall financial performance, revenue for the quarter were notably higher than the same quarter last year, signaling an upward inflection point for the remainder of the year, especially under eco-friendly materials. Similar to the previous quarter, this segment continued to deliver strong results with adjusted EBITDA margin, reaching outstanding levels. Supported by solid demand across the sectors it serves, higher margin businesses, and improved operational efficiency. The segment's results for the first half of 2021 reflect the accumulation of strategic measures introduced over the years, and its leadership position under sector health and pharma. Under electronic materials, following an exemplary year in 2020, the segment experienced lower adjusted EBITDA during the quarter as compared to the same quarter last year, but performed in line with the company's expectations as communicated in the previous quarterly report. Both segments ended the quarter with strong backlogs, confirming solid demands for its products, the company continues to maintain a healthy balance sheet, managing liquidity diligently to finance growth, realizing competitive return on capital employed. During the rest of 2021, we will continue to invest in projects 
to support our ongoing transitions towards higher added value products, and that allows us to be more cost competitive. The company will engage into the path to realign its product offering to larger addressable markets, margin expansion, risk reduction, and simplification. Fireplus is committed to grow its role as a global material technology leader. So now starting with the coverage of revenue and gross margin followed by the adjusted EBITDA and net earnings. In Q2 of 2021, revenue increased by 16% compared to the same quarter of last year, impacted by our volume under eco-friendly materials, with gross margin reaching 24.7%. On a year-to-date basis, we are tracking an average gross margin of 24.8%, or $23.5 million compared to $24.8 million last year. In Q2 of this year, adjusted EBITDA was $6.3 million compared to $7.6 million in Q2 of last year, impacted by unfavorable product sales mixed under electronic materials, partially mitigated by our volume under eco-friendly materials. As for the EBITDA, it reached $6.3 million compared to $6.5 million in Q2 of last year. On a year-to-date basis, the adjusted EBITDA was $12.6 million compared to $14.5 million last year, while the EBITDA was $12.1 compared to $12.7 last year. In Q2 of this year, net earnings were $2.2 million compared to $1.7 million in Q2 of last year. And on a year-to-date basis, net earnings were 2.9 compared to 2.3 last year. Now looking at annualized backlog, backlog on June 30th of this year represented 190 days of 199 days of annualized revenue, an increase of four days over the backlog of March. Backlog at the end of this quarter for the electronic material segment represented 255 days of annualized segment revenue. The backlog for the eco-friendly material segment represented 161 days of annualized segment revenue, an increase of 11 days or 7% over the backlog of March. Compared to Q2 of last year, the backlog for this quarter for the electronic material segment increased by 15 days, supported by the sensing and imaging sector. The eco-friendly material segment reached 161 days, compared to 168 days in Q2 of last year. Bookings for the electronic material segments are similar to the level of the previous year quarter and increased by 62 days for the eco-friendly materials compared to the previous year quarter. Quickly going through the expenses, depreciation amortization expenses in Q2 and year-to-date amounted to 2.6 and 5.2, compared to 3 and 6.1 million for the same periods of last year. SGN expenses in Q2 and year-to-date were 5.2 and 10.1, compared to 4.6 and 9.5 million for the same periods of 2020. These expenses were impacted by exchange rates across most denominated local currencies. Financial expense in Q2 amounted to 1.2 compared to 1.5 for Q2 of last year. On a year-to-date basis, financial expense amounted to 1.1 compared to 2.9 in year-to-date of last year. The decrease is mainly due to a gain in foreign exchange and derivatives recorded on a year-to-date basis this year compared to a loss for the same period last year while the interest on the long-term debt was at similar levels for both periods. The company reported earnings before income taxes of $2.9 million in Q2 and $5.3 million in year-to-date on a year-to-date basis. Income tax expense in Q2 of this year and year-to-date were 0.7 and 2.4 compared to 0.9 and 2.5 for the same periods of last year. Covering liquidity on a year-to-date basis, cash generated by operating activities amounted to $2.7 million compared to 16 16.8 million last year. The decrease is mainly due to the negative change in non-working capital in 2021. On a year-to-date basis, the cash used in investing activities totaled 5 million compared to 4.2 million last year, essentially attributed to the acquisition of a minority equity stake in Microbion earlier this year. 
On a year-to-date basis, cash use and financing activities amounted to 6.5 compared to 2 million. On a year-to-date basis last year, the increase of 4.5 is mainly explained by the reimbursement in Q1 of this year of 5 million to our credit facility. Now looking at gross and net debt, total debt decreased by 5.1 million and stood at 45 million compared to 50 million on December. And on a net debt basis, considering cash and cash equivalents, it increased by 4 million from 10.2 to 14.1 on June 30th, explained by the current networking cap level. So this will conclude the financial review. Let me turn back to AJ for the highlights of key strategic teams, after which we'll be taking questions from analysts. AJ. Thanks, Richard. Uh, I'd like to make some comments about a topic we discussed last quarter, which is the pricing environment of both metallic and non-metallic consumables. With respect to the non-metallic consumables, the recovery in various industries and supply chain disruptions have resulted in price inflation in certain consumables used by 5N+, thanks to the investments in process uh, technology and our team's proactive management of the supply chain, the adverse impact year-to-date has been significantly muted. As this challenge will be with us for the immediate future, it remains a priority. With respect to the increase in the price of, uh, of, of uh, metallic commodities, metal commodities, we continue to see no demand-based fundamentals supporting inflation in notation of, of metals such as, for example, bismuth or tellurium. We believe the market is well supplied with ample inventory for these metals. To that end, our best indication is that any form of price hike is generated based on implied dislocations in the market. 5M Plus continues to exercise prudence and has been working closely with its suppliers and customers to ensure competitive and reliable access to these metals. In the last conference call, there was a question about whether such environment would result in market share loss for 5M+. It has uh, certainly impacted margins, but not market share. Looking to other priorities in the uh, second half of 2021 and beyond, we expect Number one, we expect to close the acquisition of Azure Space and begin its integration. This is a, tra- this is a transformational um, transaction for, for, for us, as it will uniquely position our company within the specialty semiconductor space, expanding our value chain and enlarging our addressable market. Uh, the acquisition of Azure is well aligned with the company's goal to substantially increase its TAM within the high-value technology space. It also establishes 5M Plus as perhaps the only company in the world with capabilities spanning from competitive procurement of strategic metals based on process technology to production of epi-ready semiconductor wafers customized for specific needs of our customers in critical industries. With increased TAM, uh, 5M Plus will be focused on revenue growth both organically and through external means. We will also be paying close attention to margin management to ensure quality revenue gain. Number two, our company will continue to strengthen its 
position with respect to ESG themes to which the recent announced investments in Montreal campus is a testament. Number three, we will continue to focus our activities on select areas and increase the depth of market and product uh, penetration. An example would be specialty semiconductors where we've begun to increase our activities along the value chain and will enter larger markets. We expect this work to continue in other parts of our business. When we uh, look uh, to the earning guidance, which, we, which was provided with Q1 report, we took a conservative approach toward what Azure would contribute in 2021. I think this was prudent and well warranted. We remain comfortable with maintaining our guidance for adjusted EBITDA in the range of uh, 25 to 30 million. We're now ready to take your questions. Thank you, sir. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, if you do have a question, please press star followed by one on your touchtone phone. You will then hear a three-tone prompt acknowledging your request. And if you would like to withdraw your question, simply press star followed by two. And if you're using a speakerphone, we ask that you please lift the handset before pressing any keys. Please go ahead and press star one now if you have a question. And your first question will be from Michael Glenn at Raymond James. Please go ahead. Hey, good morning. Um, AJ, maybe just to start, uh, you did mention the uh, tellurium uh, dynamic. Are you able to provide some insights perhaps into uh, how it did uh, ultimately impact the revenue and the EBITDA for the electronic materials in the quarter? Uh, sure. Good morning. Uh, the, the primary impact uh, comes from the fact that, uh, as we've said, part of our uh, there's a portion of our contract which works on fixed pricing. Uh, obviously, when prices go up, uh, it, it cuts into your margin. So there was uh, margin um, um, reduction in terms of those those units that were sold during the quarter. And I think that's when you look at the results of uh, electronic material, uh, that, that's definitely seen in it. Okay. So were there any, I, I believe, or I think you had mentioned the potential for some uh, sale deferrals. Maybe, correct me if I'm wrong on that, but did any of that take place in the period? Uh, without completely telegraphing my punches, uh, um, we have been working very closely with the customers uh, that are involved. I think they, credit to them, they understand that uh, these, these uh, short-term dislocations are not good for their industry as well. And so we've been working with them. And we, uh, to, 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 to give you a more definitive answer, there has been no losses of sales events. I won't comment about how we manage that, but I can assure you that uh, it's not like we walked away from a sales event and someone else picked it up. Uh, we've been working very closely with our customer base to make sure all of those are managed and maintained. Okay. And circling to the investment taking place in Montreal, can you provide an update like just regarding the timing, how this impacts the CapEx, and um, just some insights into... Uh, ultimately, does this improve your flexibility? Does it improve your cost profile? What some of the motivating factors are there? Sure. Um, when when you look at the um, the current tellurium supply chain, um, 
for us, it's it's basically spread out um, in various locations. Uh, so one of the first things this will do is it will essentially create economies of scale and and uh, make it more concentrated. Uh, it, it, it allows us to manage our working capital better. It allows us, uh, from the environmental point of view, the whole footprint becomes a lot more manageable. Uh, so, so there are benefits there. Uh, then we're also utilizing certain technologies, uh, new process technologies, which allows us now to get access to new feeds, to uh, new sources. Um, more and more we see ESG is also a theme here. Uh, our suppliers want to make sure that the, the, the person next in the line, certainly our Western suppliers, are, are taking good care of um, of these materials. So these new process technologies opens up that door to us as well. Uh, it uh, Overall, I think what you will see is uh, per unit cost of production, we'll be able to provide, have a more competitive profile. Uh, along with that, uh, I think in the press release we've mentioned between the supply chain consolidation, between the fact that we're using hydroelectricity and, and others, environmentally, it actually reduces our, um, our CO2 footprint. <clears throat> now, in terms of uh, investments, uh, we've, we've uh, next year, uh, Richard, correct me if I'm wrong, we're still forecasting that we'll be investing. Uh, if, if we just now not talk about Azure, because when that comes on, obviously there's investments there, but uh, not considering Azure, we'll be investing at the rate of depreciation. So even with uh, with this uh, investment, we'll be able to manage it. Okay. And then um, just one more from me. There was, you had mentioned uh, a, a ongoing strategic review of the eco certain businesses within eco-friendly. Can you provide an update on that? Uh, if we said it's within eco-friendly, I, I don't recall. We were doing that. You're absolutely right. Uh, we are um, um, we are not at a place where I can definitively give you answers, but there's clearly, we see that there are certain assets that we've identified. Uh, and and, and uh, I think we'll have more to say about that probably six months from now, three to six months from now. But we're certainly, um, we expect a readjustment in our footprint, again, uh, with the whole theme around going deep, not wide. That's something we've We've been saying, and I think that's what you'll see. You'll see that uh, we'll, we'll be looking to, um, similar to what we did with Montreal, for example, is, is to bring more activities to our larger sites. Okay. Thanks for taking the questions. Sure. Thanks. Next question will be from Rupert Merer at National Bank. Please go ahead. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. On the eco-friendly materials business, you mentioned that you saw uh, good growth in, in most of the segments there. I'm wondering if you can give us a little more color on, on where you saw the activity. And it sounds like you're expecting strength for the remainder of the year. So if you can give us some color on on the nature of this business, it sounds like it, it could be sustainable in, in the long run and maybe not just uh, a cyclical. Anyway, you can give us more, more color on that business, please. Uh, sure. I, look, when we uh, when we look at eco-friendly materials, there are uh, this is the 
the part of our business that also has the most amount of uh, metal revenue. So uh, I should I should mention for for transparency's sake that obviously metal prices help, but even without metal prices, uh, the growth would have been quite substantial. Um, we said 16% was the company's revenue growth, even if metal prices were were had not gone up. Um, we would still have a double-digit revenue growth for the company. Um, now, in terms of where, well, actually, there, you know, there are three sectors in there that we usually talk about. Uh, there's the pharma, there's the industrial, and there's the catalytic and, uh, uh, and extractive. All three of them, all three of them showed um, very, very good growth uh, from high single-digit to um, to as, as high as one of them, I believe, was up to about 50%. For example, it was was quite strong. Uh, when we analyze that, clearly one of one factor is it's a it's an opening item with with um, the global economy becoming a bit more active. But beyond that, um, we had order books in the past that was quite strong. Uh, and and uh, some of the products that we had been putting out there in the field was getting um, a lot of uh, interest from from customers. You you may remember that, for example, I, 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 for for several quarters, we mentioned that our catalytic and extractive business, the order book, is like you know bursting at the seam. Um, with the pandemic, obviously, there was a bit of a um, halt to that. Uh, but clearly that material, the materials that are coming from there has its own uh, market demand. Now, would I say that going forward you should model yourself at 32% growth for that? No. Uh, clearly a good chunk of that is, is an opening of, you know, due to the global pandemic. But uh, certainly there was, uh, there was strong fundamentals from, from the market itself that sought products that we were producing. If you look at your capabilities in that business today, where would you be operating on a, a capacity factor basis, perhaps? Do you, do you have plenty of room for expansion in that business if, if it comes? Uh, catalytic and extractive, I think we're uh, we've done a lot of debottlenecking. Remember, this was a this was a theme. A lot a lot of the investments that we've made. I guess I hope that you recognize that. Uh, you know we've we've made ourselves to account, and you can see now the results. These are these are all the stuff that we told you two years ago that would happen that is now happening. Catalytic and extractive. We said we weren't going to go build another plant uh, for the strong order book. That we were going to do everything we can to debottleneck. So that has been debottleneck. I think right now that order book is quite full. Uh, I probably wouldn't be able to create more capacity at this point. Uh, with regards to pharma and industrial, we have we have capacity to 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 take advantage of. There's there's still room for us to uh, to produce more without having to invest. Maybe just one more on on eco-friendly materials for me. Um, we, we talked a couple of years ago about animal feed uh, business potential. If you can talk about how that's playing out and any other organic growth opportunities you could see in, in eco-friendly? Yeah, in, in, in fairness to your question, um, I should say that, yes, you have probably caught me not talking about some of these things. One of the things that I learned uh, through, through uh, 
the course of these questioning is some of these uh, starting businesses, <clears throat> they have, you know, they you have periods of ebb and flow and and uh, uh, and I've been talking less about them because I want them to mature. Uh, feed additive is a good example of that. We started that business. Uh, I believe we entered the market, if memory serves, two years ago <clears throat> in 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 um, in earnest. Um, and we had there was a period where we were you know we were facing uh, competitive pricing uh, clearly. Uh, a couple of parties that were in the field didn't want us joining and, and made it difficult, but our team has done a great job of changing its uh, strategy and, and uh, without getting into it, has been able to come back. And uh, uh, they're actually, um, I think it's fair to say that they can turn that business most likely very shortly into a, um, into a black number. So, so usually in our business, as you know, there's a long runway. You material business, it takes you when you start a business, it takes you a few to several years to turn black, and I think our team has been doing a good job of moving that, and uh, and uh, I would say it was probably quicker than we had anticipated. Uh, they're turning that business into a, a small, very small, but yet a black number. Great. Thanks for coming. I'll leave it there. Thank you. Next question will be from Nick Agostino at Laurentian Bank. Please go ahead. Um, yes, uh, good morning. I guess just one question on, on my part, and with regards to partnerships, I mean, now you're at a stage where we're seeing some good stability on the revenue side, profitability side. You've announced some partnerships in the recent past. Can you maybe give us a, a reminder as to are some of those, and I'm thinking of one in particular, but are some of those partnerships starting to contribute to, to the top-line growth? And if so, how meaningful are they? And then secondly, what are prospects for other partnerships? And maybe where are you seeking out those partnerships in terms of, you know, on a segment basis? Uh, most of the partnerships that you're uh, referring to are fairly new. Uh, I wouldn't expect top-line material, top-line contribution. There's always top-line contribution, obviously, but uh, so... Uh, no, I, I, I would I would be blunt to say that uh, we have not. It's like I think uh, the two one in in uh, powder business, the other in uh, in pharma business. I think they're like six months, maybe eight months, maybe ten months old. So no, I I wouldn't say the, the contribution is material. Um, and in terms of partnerships, look, uh, <clears throat> partnerships are uh, are your way of uh, or I should say, our way of dipping our toe in the water. Uh, and uh, uh, will we utilize them more? We could. We could. You, you, you know that uh, there are two areas in the company that we're emphasizing at the moment qu quite a bit. Uh, it's basically um, advanced materials, which has pharma and powder in it, and, uh, uh, and specialty semiconductors. Um, our preferred model is is to be able to go and, and have essentially have a controlling stake. That's our preferred model. Uh, but yes, we could we could entertain um, other other arrangements, assuming long term uh, it fits our strategy uh, in those areas that I just mentioned. Okay, that was it. Thank you. 
Thank you. Next question is from Frédéric Tremblay at Desjardins. Please go ahead. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Um, question on, on maybe on Azure first. Um, as you make uh, you know measured pace towards closing that acquisition, um, are you able to provide a bit of color on you know where their order book stands or like the sort of the general outlook for that that business as we move closer to, to closing? Any any general comments there? Um, I think I think I I, uh, I would have to not say much about that. Obviously, we we still have not closed the deal, so anything I would uh, mention on their behalf would probably at this point be uh, inappropriate. Uh, that being said, I think I, I understand where your uh, where your head is at. I think you want to be able to model and see how much you know when they do hopefully come on board, uh, what you could uh, add. Um, on top of what, what 5M does it by itself. Uh, look, um, the space business is, is uh, the way it works, it comes in batches. We, it's not it's like when you look at the, um, the billing cycles and the production, it's, it's, it comes in lumps. Uh, we knew, for example, last year, there were some things that came toward the end of the year. Um, so, uh, so, one of the reasons why I was reluctant to put uh, to not put a lot of Azure uh, contribution into this year's earning, and I know I got a lot of flack from some of you, uh, was was because of that because it's lumpy, um, and if we even close, let's say uh, in Q in the Q3, I'm not sure how much you know where, how the lump is going to be favoring. Uh, so I guess I'll have to leave it at that at this point. But, but there's one bit of information we can say is that, to our knowledge, their backlog is very healthy. That's true. Okay, that's helpful. Thanks. And um, second question for me on on economies of scale. AJ, you mentioned that a, a few times. Your comments and and the MBNA. Um, just wondering if we could get maybe a bit more details there. Are you referring to something like more centralized purchasing, or is that more something? doing something similar to what you just announced with the Montreal investment, but doing that at other sites, which can maybe extend on sort of the opportunities to gain economies of scale. Uh, no, it's, it's more, exactly, it's more on the operating side. Um, we have uh, our value chain, as, as we've said in our, uh, in our monologue, we've expanded our value chain in, for example, specialty semiconductors. Uh, <clears throat> when you're expanding value chain operationally, you got to be careful not to have them over too many sites because then you're creating a monster. Uh, and so what we've what we've done and what we're doing is exactly what you mentioned. A Montreal investment would be a good example of that. It is try to um, uh, try to consolidate that value that 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 supply chain, that internal supply chain, uh, on fewer uh, footprint, create economies of scale in terms of uh, uh, all your overhead, all your consumables, and uh, be able to become truly competitive. Uh, and so that's that's really what we're focusing on. In terms of uh, centralizing uh, purchasing and those things, we feel that uh, we're, we're pretty lean when it comes to some of those overhead activities. This is more on the operational side. Perfect. Thanks for taking the question. Thank you. As a reminder, ladies and gentlemen, if you do have any questions, 
please press star followed by 1 on your touchtone phone. And your next question will be from David Ocampo at Cormark. Please go ahead. Hey, good morning, everyone. Good morning. I just had some uh, follow-ups on, on Michael's initial questions. Maybe I can just ask it a, a different way. And, and you may not answer the first one because of competitive reasons. But I think in the last quarter, and, and your indications to me, was that you guys did have and your customer did have uh, inventory of tellurium. Is, is that still the case today? Um, you may not disclose the order of magnitude on, on how big that is, but uh, just wanted some clarity on that. Um, so let me let me answer it. Let me walk the fine line between trying to answer your question without, again, telegraphing my punches. Uh, we have no immediate need to go in the market. Uh, and and purchase tellurium uh, for that matter business um, so we are we, we have we have the luxury of being able to be patient if and when we decide that the market is being superficial in terms of its pricing profile uh, we still have that we, we're still in that very um, I would say status okay and then Another follow-up is on on the margin profile. Uh, I understand you know sales mix is a little little skewed to the downside here. Then you don't have the medical device sales, which was higher margin last year. Uh, but if I compare it to say you know overall 2020 margins or even 2018 margins, you guys are closer to you know the 30% range in electronic materials, and, and today we're closer to you know 20%. I guess when when things ultimately settle and you start to get that, those outsized returns on on the, on your first solar contract and, and other things start to come into play, do you see this getting back up to the thirty percent level, or, or are we sort of in that new normal now? I, I think we certainly see it increasing, uh, Richard. Uh, I, I don't have. Do you do you see it specifically getting to thirty or higher, or what's your thought? Uh, we'll we'll go back to that level at a point in time. Yes. Once, every, uh, once our mix is, is improved, and then uh, we have more stability on tellurium prices, for example. All right. And, and Richard, is that something that steps up over, say, you know, one or two year period on, on kind of like a straight line basis, or does it just whipsaw depending on, on what happens with tellurium prices? It, it does not happen at once. It will uh, gradually improve, and you see it in our results. Will it take a year or two? Um, it's very likely to take a few quarters. Uh, but I'm not sure I can uh, I can I can specifically say years at this point in time. But but it's going to take a few quarters. In 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 reality, I think for for the sake of disclosure, we should say that we're at a you know we've got some budding businesses. As soon as these businesses put demand into our pipeline, it sort of creates a surge in margins because uh, you know this was the case with medical devices, for example. There are other types of imaging applications that we're also uh, right now working on. Uh, so <clears throat> just to manage our analysts' expectation, expect choppy uh, choppiness in these margins because, you know, we get surge of demand, uh, and then there's a period of lull where there is, there, is, uh, uh, there is certification or whatever is going on. And so I think I, think I would say it's part and parcel for the course right now. Okay, that's helpful. Thanks. I'll uh, hand it over. Thank you. Next, we have a follow-up from Michael Glenn at Raymond James. Please go ahead. 
Hey, uh, AJ, I just hope, like absent Azure, uh, are you able to provide some insight into your own space business and the outlook for that business? Sure. Um, so uh, the, the business as a whole um, has been in, in uh, it's a cyclic business from, I think, 2013, 2014 until recently. It's been in a downturn, and now it's supposed to be in its up cycle. Um, uh, the communications we get indicate, like, quite a bit of growth. In fact, they, they point to uh, probably more activity than the supply chain is capable of doing. Uh, the problem with that is that it's space. And, uh, and as you know, space business, there's a lot of delays, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of changes. So when I look at the space business, um, at least specifically uh, for us, absent Azure, I would tell you there needs to be, uh, I would see a, a probably a high single to maybe a double digit growth uh, when I look at, uh, 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 you know, the next quarters. Uh, that's, that's what the order book at least shows. Now, um, in the past, we've seen as they're, as they're beginning to scale up, an example of that, for example, OneWeb. I mean, OneWeb was supposed to be basically, I think, 70, 80% done by now. And uh, we can see that it's it's not close to that number, uh, yet it's continuing to uh, uh, to um, uh, to grow. There are other uh, constellations in the in the in the you know in the phase of planning. So our order book looks quite solid actually, but what I would expect is some delays in that. So uh, our own business without Azure, we would uh, we would model it for growth. Uh, I would say. Uh, as I said, high single di uh, digit, uh, lo uh, low double digit. Okay, and and on your side in the space business, is there additional investment that you need to make to make sure that you're uh, actively capturing the market share that you should be? The investments aren't in capacity. The investments are in capability, which, by the way. Uh, the majority of them are um, are paid by grants and other activities. So I would net net. I would not say that it, it's going to. That essentially, this is one of the reasons that 5M Plus is able to keep its investments quite low. We, given the strategic type of materials that we work with, uh, we have access to a number of different uh, financing mechanisms and grants and so on. Uh, which which allows us to be able to manage that. So I would tell you in, in the in the grand scheme of things, it's not going to have a huge impact on our overall capex. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Uh, thanks for taking the question. Sure. Thank you. And at this time, Mr. Perron, we have no other questions. Please proceed. Okay, all good. So uh, we would like to thank everyone for joining us uh, today, and uh, we wish you all a pleasant day. Thanks to all. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, this does indeed conclude your conference call for today. Once again, thank you for attending, and at this time we do ask that you please disconnect your lines. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, 
by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.